This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. This morning, my alarm went off at the same time that it always goes off, but I didn't want to get up. I don't know if it was because of something with the rain or maybe I didn't sleep as much as I usually would, but I fought it. I knew I had to get up. There was no chance that I wasn't going to get up, but I still held to this moment of kind of holding my pillow for a moment and and cursing the alarm and thinking, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. And then when I did get up, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little, maybe with a little bit of an attitude. And then I was running around getting ready. And, uh, my daughter wanted to show me something that she had constructed in her room out of her toys. And I, I said, oh, just a minute, just a minute. And I knew I was going to go look. Of course I was going to look. But first, I established my resistance. <laughs> right? I planted myself. And then I went. And I looked at it. I could tell similar stories about going downtown. I could tell similar stories about my day. I could tell similar stories from yesterday. And I can anticipate similar stories for tomorrow. This is really basic. We've been going through the precepts, and tonight we arrive at the eighth precept, which in this tradition is the precept of not sparing dharma assets. This sounds very abstract. Not sparing dharma assets. It's actually quite simple. What is a dharma asset? Everything. This is the precept of not sparing anything. And that's not just my interpretation. This is often translated as the precept of not being stingy. It's a complement. I was going to say the opposite, but it's the complement of the precept about not stealing. When we think about not stealing or not taking what's not freely given. It has to do with something that's there (laughs) and what we're bringing in. This is the precept about offering. It's the precept of not holding back. It's the precept of meeting your own resistance. When we sit in Zazen, we have this opportunity to sit in this vast unknown. 
But more often than not, we, we probably don't. Not really. Not freely. Because there's something we keep for ourselves. Right? I, I, what comes to mind is a fidget spinner. <laughs> These things that the kids are playing with. But, but maybe more relevant for me is like a, like a stone. Some stone you keep in your pocket that you can just rub all the time. In Zazen, theoretically, we're exposed. We're raw. We're vulnerable. Imagine going through the the security checkpoint in the airport. And they say, take off your shoes. And you say, okay. And you take off your shoes. And then they say, take off your belt. And then take off your hat. And then empty your pockets. And maybe you should take off your shirt. And keep going. This is Zazen. <laughs> Until there's nothing to hide. Until you're completely honest. Completely permeable. But until you get there, there's a withholding. There's a wanting to control. There's there's wanting for this moment to be the moment that I design. So that when someone says, come look at this. You say, yeah, 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 okay, but I'm going to do that on my terms. It's knowing something needs to be done and either not doing it or doing it up to your comfort level. according to whatever resources you think you have. This is not a new idea. We talk about this all the time here, about this not holding back. It always comes back to vow. These precepts are predicated on the idea of a life of vow. And we've talked many times about the idea that that vow, that that life of vow, that that path is a straight line. You walk in a straight line, you go to bed, and when you wake up, you continue in that straight line. You know where you're going. That can sound like there's so much effort. right? It can sound as if you're a a kind of a drill moving through the world. That straight line is not about effort. Once you establish the direction, the effort part is finished. Then you move. It's like a river. A river doesn't decide whether it's going to go or stop. A river doesn't say, well, today I I feel like I've got about 70%. A river doesn't say just a minute. A river goes. 
But what we do, because we're human beings, is that at the same time that we are this river, at the same time that we embody this vow, we also build a dam. And that's where our effort goes. Our effort goes into trying to control this. So that it doesn't feel too loose. So that it doesn't feel as if it's something we might get swept away in. If we just let the vow go, who knows where it might take us? Who knows what we might do? Who knows what we might become? That's terrifying. So we build barriers. We build obstacles. We construct things to slow ourselves down so that we can do it on our terms. So that we can hold back. Envision for a moment what it would be like not to hold back. Envision what it would be like to be propelled by vow and then not stopped by anything else. We might make the mistake here of imagining that not holding back makes us something of a loose cannon. Mm -hmm. How many things today did you not say that you thought of saying you chose not to say them? That's okay. It's okay that you didn't say every one of those things. But you can also ask yourself, did I refrain from saying those things because I looked at the situation and I decided that there was benefit in silence? Or did I refrain because it just looked hard? I knew I could raise that question, but then there'd be a conversation that came out of that that, that question, and I'd get sucked into that conversation, and then I'd have to defend what I said, and maybe this time I'll just let it go. That's withholding. Writing that vow and seeing that that vow includes, in this moment, not saying every single thing that comes into your mind. That doesn't slow down that river at all. I think three or four times now, we've talked about a precept, and I've said, this is the one we break the most. And now we're here, and I have that feeling again. When am I not violating this precept? What's the longest period of time I've gone in my life without holding something back that I could have offered? a disturbing question for me. Think about this impulse that you have. 
think about the thing that you're reigning in. Think what it is about vow that feels bigger than you. And think what it is that you're hiding in your pocket to remind you all the time of who you are so that who you are won't change. And then see what you can let go. I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.